everybody, this is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast for Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, a contributor to Athlon Sports and NBCSports.com. And in today's episode, we're going to take our first look at the Michigan Wolverines. What's been going on with them this season as they head to Happy Valley for the Whiteout game this Saturday? Who are the key players to keep an eye on? And in our final segment of today's episode, we're going to discuss a couple people who should be considered to be the guest picker on College Game Day this week as ESPN heads to town for the big game, setting up shop for their nationally televised pregame show, which you probably watch. Locked On Nittany Alliance is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We publish this show every Monday through Friday and hope you will consider subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. Available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and so many more. If you'd like to help support the show, in addition to your subscription, we hope you'll leave a rating and a review. It'll help with the placement on those podcasting platforms and it also gives us some good feedback on what we can do right and what we can improve moving forward. You can also follow along and join the show's conversation on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and hop on over to Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany and give the show a like there as well. I'm Kevin McGuire. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. With all that good stuff out of the way, let's get into today's episode, shall we? This is the year that things were supposed to be a little bit different for the Michigan Wolverines, especially when it comes to their offense. Former Penn State assistant Josh Gaddis is now the offensive coordinator with the Wolverines after coming up from Alabama. And this was supposed to really take this offense to new heights. We were supposed to see a Michigan offense that was going to open things up a little bit, maybe go a little bit more out of tempo. And unfortunately for Michigan, it hasn't exactly gone as smoothly as I think a lot of people were anticipating. And this is one of the things I've said about Michigan going into the season. You can change the offensive coordinator. You can change what you want to do on offense. But until you have all the players in the right positions to be able to fully maximize the potential of that new offensive identity, it could be a little bit of a rough going for any team. And that has certainly been the case for Michigan. Now, Michigan does come into this game with a 5-1 record. They have won three straight games now since their loss at Wisconsin. They've blown out Rutgers 52-0. They beat Iowa 10-3. And they're coming off a 42-25 victory against Illinois on the road last weekend. But they were pushed a little bit by Illinois after halftime with a nice little uh, third quarter surge by the Illini to cut uh, the Michigan lead down to, I think, as little as three points. Michigan, to their credit, though, did come back in the fourth quarter and separate themselves and do what they should have done against a team like Illinois, which was put the game away. This has been an interesting year for Michigan because they are 5-1. Like I said, they're currently sitting in third place in the Big East, or the Big Ten East with a 3-1 record in conference play. Their only loss was that road trip at, against Wisconsin. And I think that's the big barometer you have for Michigan right now. They're going to be... V- good enough to beat most of the teams on their schedule. And that'll still be the case even this weekend against Penn State. But their offense is a big question. They rank 84th in total offense. They're 78th rushing the football and they're 73rd passing the football. They've allowed 11 sacks. They have 17 fumbles and nine of which they have lost. That's tied for 126 in the nation in lost fumbles with Central Michigan, Hawaii, and another Big Ten team, Nebraska. So what is it about this offense that's just not clicking? Well, Shea Patterson has had his rough moments, but he's also had some positive moments. There are some key playmakers here 
that Michigan can take advantage of. They're just not doing it enough or they're just not on the same page or they're just not able to expose some of the holes in the defenses that they are facing. I think you can look at this Michigan season so far and look at a couple games to get a real taste for what exactly the Wolverines are. In their opener against Middle Tennessee State, they won 40-21, but they were a little sloppy early on. I didn't really chalk too much up to that game. I figured that was the first game, new offensive coordinator, kind of ironing things out. We'll see what they do against teams like Wisconsin and Iowa. And after their 24-21 overtime victory against Army, Michigan got blasted by Wisconsin. And credit Wisconsin. Wisconsin's probably a really good team right now. But Michigan was just obliterated. It was 35-14, to and it wasn't even that close. Um, Michigan was being shut out into the fourth quarter, I want to say. If not, maybe the late in the third quarter. I don't remember exactly when Michigan finally got on the board. But that game was never in doubt. Right off the jump, Wisconsin attacked them with Jonathan Taylor uh, doing a lot of damage early on. So that's why I think... If you're Penn State, you probably want to follow some of that game plan because you have running backs. We've already talked about that on this podcast. Penn State has the running backs that are fully capable of doing some big things. But this is a really good Michigan defense. This defense comes into this weekend ranked 14th in total defense. They've sacked the quarterback 19 times, which is a pretty high number. Penn State and Ohio State have been up to, I think, 27 sacks, whatever it is at this point. But Michigan is certainly a top 25 team when it comes to sacks, maybe top 20, top 15. I forget exactly where they are, but they're sacking a lot of quarterbacks as well. And they have one of the better third down defenses in the country coming into this game. So extending drives is going to be difficult to do at times. Michigan has given up 28 third down conversions out of 88 third down situations. So that's a pretty good ratio, I think, for any defense. And, you know, Michigan surely would like to have that improved a little bit here and there. But you look at the opponents that they've faced, and there are some pretty good third down offenses with the styles of play that they have. So if you're Penn State, you're coming into this game, you've seen what Wisconsin can do, and you can probably do some of the same things there. Uh, It's just going to be pretty tough to get going. The only thing here is that plays into Penn State's advantages, this game is being played at home. And if you look at this series in the last few years, the home team has had the, the massive advantage for whatever the reason may be. Uh, You know, we have seen blowouts in each of the last three meetings here between Michigan and Penn State. I've already said, and I'm going to probably say it a hundred other times this week, I don't think this is a blowout either way. This is going to be a game similar to what we saw against Iowa. And I think that's the other game you can look at and really get a taste for what Michigan is. And they are a defensive team that's going to win some ugly games (laughs) when they need to, as was the case against Iowa. Iowa, they beat Iowa 10 to 3, didn't give up a touchdown, of course, forced uh, three turnovers through, through interceptions against Nate Stanley. So you saw some of the similar issues that Iowa had against Penn State this past week, and that was pretty much the kind of game that they played against Michigan. So if you're looking to gauge where Penn State and Michigan are, just based off of the last two weeks in games against Iowa, Penn State's probably got a pretty decent chance here but it's not going to be easy i I stress can't stress that enough this is going to be a difficult game penn state does open up as a heavy favorite at least i consider it heavy when it's an eight point spread i don't know if that line has changed since i recorded this but that was the early line on this game so the odds makers like penn state's chances here and i think it's pretty easy to see why michigan's offense is really struggling and that's going to be a concern against a team that plays defense as well as penn state does 
Coming up in our next segment, I'll highlight just a couple key players on the Michigan roster that we're going to be paying attention to this weekend and seeing what Penn State can possibly do to take advantage against either of them. That'll be in our next segment. This is the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. And you can give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. So at this point, we know what Michigan has done this season, but who are some of the players that we're going to be talking about as Penn State prepares to face the Wolverines on Saturday night in Beaver Stadium before the whiteout crowd? I guess we should obviously start with the quarterback situation at Michigan because as long as Jim Harbaugh has been in Ann Arbor, it has been long expected that he was going to be able to find his Andrew Luck. And Shea Patterson was probably as close as he has come to this point, but it's not quite working out the way that was hoped to by a lot of Michigan fans, giving his uh, his talent coming out of high school and his upside potential when he committed to Ole Miss. They thought that they were getting a quarterback that was really going to truly change the way that this Michigan offense runs. And that still may be something that happens in the second half of the season, but time's running out on that. Shea Patterson certainly is a good quarterback. There's nothing that you can say to, to convince me otherwise, but he has had some struggles this year. And holding on to the football has been one of the biggest problems. I mentioned in the last segment how many fumbles Michigan has had this year. Well, Shea Patterson has been responsible for a good chunk of those. And that's why if you're a Penn State defensive lineman, you should be thirsty this weekend to try and get some pressure on Patterson and cause him to make some mistakes. Because honestly, from what we've seen this season, you can do that. And again, as good as Penn State's defense is, that will absolutely be one of the keys that Michigan is trying to prevent happen from happening. Their offensive line needs to give Patterson some protection because if not, trouble could be ruined in a hurry for the Michigan offense. So if Patterson can't hold on to the football, that creates opportunities for Penn State's defense. And that's going to throw the ball to the other side of the field for the Wolverines with their linebackers. Michigan's defense is pretty solid. Don't let that game against Wisconsin fool you too much. This is a good defensive team that Wisconsin game just got away from them. And we saw that the last time that Michigan made the visit to Penn State. That was a good defensive team. Just got obliterated by Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley on so many occasions. I don't know if Penn State's offense is ready to do those kinds of things right now. It's obviously a little bit of a different situation right now. But the senior linebacker duo with Kaliki Hudson and Jordan Glasgow, those guys are going to be everywhere. If uh, Penn State's going to run the football, those guys are going to be closing in. Those are the guys that are going to be trying to protect some space in the midfield so that the receivers and most likely the Penn State tight ends can't get some opportunities to get their hands on the football. So that's one of the big reasons why Michigan's defense has been so successful this season. They have some solid linebackers. They also have a good defensive line too. So this is going to be a good test once again for that Penn State offensive line, which had some shaky moments last week against Iowa. So I fully expect that we're going to see a few more this weekend against the Wolverines. I think that's a big area of concern for Penn State. This may be one of the better offensive lines that James Franklin has had, but uh, we saw last week there was a there's a couple of problems when you have some of the top pass rushers coming your way against a young, inexperienced quarterback. Now, the good news is Sean Clifford's going to be in his home stadium this weekend as opposed to a raucous Kinnick Stadium. So the environment can certainly change the atmosphere and, of course, the composure level for any player, especially a young quarterback. Michigan doesn't have a whole lot of big plays on offense, but when there is one, 
it seems like Nico Collins is one of the guys that's involved. He comes into this game averaging over 20 yards per catch this season. He is one of Michigan's leading wide receivers. So there's no question that he's going to be one of the first options for Shea Patterson when he's looking for a receiver downfield. And so that's why Penn State's secondary is going to have to be up on their toes because Nico Collins gets going there are going to be some opportunities for Michigan to move the football. And of course, in a game like this where defenses could be the story, the last thing you want to do is give up a big third and long. And Nico Collins is probably going to be that guy when Michigan's in those kind of situations. And for Penn State fans, we should probably at least mention the kicking game for Michigan coming in because they've got a kicker that once committed to Penn State with a pretty fancy recruitment video. And of course, he ended up flipping his commitment back to or over to Michigan. Quinn Nordeen, uh, the senior kicker now from Michigan, who previously committed to the Nittany Lions, has yet to make a field goal this season. He's actually 0 for 3. And Jake Moody has been the guy that has stepped in and handled the kicking responsibilities for the Wolverines. Moody has converted five of the six field goals he's attempted this season. He's 6 for 6 on extra points. And I will say also, Nordeen has been kicking extra points for Michigan. They just haven't really trusted him with the field goal kicking because he may have a heck of a leg. He's got the leg strength, but the accuracy really since his uh, first year at Michigan hasn't exactly been there. And you probably remember Nordeen's first field goal attempt when he was at Penn State a couple years ago, uh, was missed and celebrated wildly by the student section behind him. Uh, so th- that's just something that I'm sure some Penn State fans will be keeping an eye on because this will be Nordine's last chance to play uh, against Penn State. And it doesn't look like he's going to get an opportunity to kick a field goal, maybe unless it's really long and they want to test to see if they can get something out of the, the powerful leg that he has. Otherwise, it's going to be Jake Moody, the sophomore kicker who has kind of escalated himself into that role in Ann Arbor. So I don't think anything's going to change here, uh, but that's just something to keep an eye on. If there's any kind of an injury to a kicker, you know, maybe Nordine steps in and he'll get some field goal opportunities, but that doesn't seem like an area where Michigan wants to go in their kicking game. All right, that's enough talk about the Michigan Wolverines today on Locked on Nittany. We will have plenty of more conversation about this week's opponent coming up in the next couple of episodes, of course. Uh, We've got some fun stuff on your way on the Locked on Nittany podcast. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked on Nittany. And those who are following have been sending me their suggestions for who they want to see as the guest picker for college game day this weekend when ESPN sets up camp outside Beaver Stadium or maybe the Bryce Jordan Center. I'm not exactly sure where they're going to go this week week but i do think that it's going to be pretty fun to see who the guest picker is going to be and i've got a couple suggestions for some players or former players i should say that i would like to see be the guest picker and i'm going to talk about that in our final segment of the show this is the locked on nittany lines podcast on the locked on podcast network number one for daily sports podcast Final segment of this Tuesday episode of the Locked On. It's the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. And in this segment, we're going to discuss some possible names that I would like to see considered to be the college game day host this week on ESPN's College Game Day. As you all know, College Game Day is heading back to Penn State. This will be the third straight year that ESPN has set up their tailgate pregame show 
on Penn State's campus. And not surprisingly, it has typically been centered around the whiteout game. You know, Michigan a couple years ago, Ohio State within the last couple of years, and again, Michigan this year. So this is pretty much the game that ESPN is going to come to for the foreseeable future every time the whiteout game is played against Michigan or Ohio State. Uh, I don't see any reason why that would be changing unless there just happens to be a standout stellar game somewhere out there in another conference. This seems to be a big draw for ESPN because, first of all, it looks amazing on TV. And even in the pregame or on the telecast for college game day, there's going to be a lot of white. So it's going to be pretty fun to see. I know I'll be watching a lot of it uh, while I'm not walking the dog as I'm getting ready for the day's action of college football. But, of course, one of the staples of the show is having a celebrity guest picker come in and make some of the picks for the big games of the weekend at the end of the show before Lee Corso puts on his mascot head. And, of course, Penn State fans will be hoping that it's going to be a Nittany Lion head instead of a Michigan helmet. But we know that uh, the last time Michigan was in town, when ESPN was in town, the uh, the guest picker was Kajana Carter. And that just happens to be one of my favorite Penn State players of all time. So I was Extremely happy to see Kajana Carter be on as the guest picker for that game. And I think this would be a good week to go back into that era. And one of the names I would love to see considered for the guest picker would be Kerry Collins, former Penn State quarterback, of course. Still, in my mind, the prototypical class of the Penn State quarterback history. It hasn't been a terrific history as far as quarterbacks is concerned, uh, even though there have been some really good quarterbacks of late, you know, namely Trace McSorley. But I think going back to that 1994 season would be pretty good uh, way to go for college game day. They've already had Kajana Carter. I don't think Bobby Yangram's coming back. I think Kerry Collins is the guy there. Remember, he had a great game against Michigan in 1994. Uh, obviously, they lost in 93 when he was a starter, but that game in 94 in Ann Arbor was a pretty big, pretty big moment for he and the rest of that Penn State team in 94. So I would love to see Kerry Collins come back and, and be the celebrity picker. I think that would be pretty appropriate. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think there are some other names on the defensive side of the football that should also be considered. And I'm going to stick with the linebackers. How about Paul Puzlesny? I forget. Is he still playing in the NFL? I thought he retired. And if he did, I think that makes him available. <laughs> so I think that that would be pretty cool to see. You know that uh, fans still love Puz, I would think. So I think he would be a pretty nice draw. And, of course, he's got the NFL stardom. People know who he is. Again, I forget if he retired or not. So I don't know where his status is. But uh, maybe that changes it. But you know, one guy I know that is retired from playing is LeVar Arrington. And I would love to see LeVar Arrington come back and be the guest picker on college game day. We know that LeVar Arrington loves his Nittany Lions. And he is one of the biggest supporters out there. Why not bring him in? He's got good personality. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. And, of course, he knows how to fire up the crowd. So I think that he would be a great pick to, to be the uh, the guest picker this week. I was going to put Saquon Barkley on my list. I know I've, I don't know what his health status is with the Giants, but I checked the NFL schedule. And he is the Giants are playing the next day. They are playing at home, though. So I don't know what Barkley's schedule looks like with his rehab and, and getting ready to play. But uh, I don't think that that would be uh, the pick for the guest picker. Although maybe somewhere down the line, if things happen to line up just right, maybe that would be cool. But I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be making that return trip to State College this weekend to be the guest picker. 
Maybe he's at the game. I don't know. It is a night game, and the Giants play at 1 o'clock the next day at home. So that's probably not going to happen, but he'll have other opportunities, I would think. The other name I was going to keep on the list as well was Trace McSorley, uh, but you know he's also playing the next day, or his team is playing the next day, and they're also playing on the road in Seattle. So I don't think he's going to be able to make it either. One pick that you guys on Twitter were really fired up about was Michael Maudie. And you know what? That's a great pick. But I think that that's more of a, a local flavor pick that doesn't quite have the same kind of national appeal that maybe some other picks do. Now, I understand you know, the guest picker is always going to be tailor-suited for a select fan base, usually the home fan base, a little bit more. I just don't know if Michael Maudie has the... Uh, the, the national appeal that ESPN would be going for. And that's not a slight on Michael Maldi in any way, but I just I feel like ESPN would probably go in a different direction. As mu- great as it would be for Penn State fans to see Maldi on the stage there with Kirk Herbstreit and, and Desmond Howard and Reese Davis and Lee Corso, I don't think that they would go that way. Saquon Barkley, yes, because he was the NFL Rookie of the Year last year. Um, but uh, Michael Pawnee, I don't think so. Uh, I know he's more available, but I don't think that that would be the case. So I don't think it's going to be a former Penn State player. I think that they will go a different way, uh, maybe with a celebrity of some sort, you know, uh, and they've done that before. So I don't think it'll be a former player. But if there was going to be a former player, those are the names that I would have on my short list right now. And again, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be available. LeVar Arrington is probably my number one pick here. I think that that would be the best way to go. Um, but I would like to see Kerry Collins too. All right, you guys can keep sending in your picks for the guest picker this week on College Game Day by sending it to us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. I'll also put something over on the Facebook page, see what you guys have to say there in case there's anything different. But I want to make sure that you guys know that we are doing these episodes every Monday through Friday, and we've got a lot more to get to this week as we roll along. I'm going to have my friend Ian Castleberry. He's a Michigan fan who also does a podcast about some pop culture items. Definitely want you to check that out on the podcast. Uh, We're going to have him on the podcast tomorrow. And we're going to talk about his take on the Michigan Wolverines as well as some other fun off-topic subjects in the world of pop culture just to kind of mix things up and give you something different to talk about on this podcast as well. Should be fun. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully you guys come check that out as well. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, and so many more of your favorite podcasting apps. Let us know how you're subscribing to us, how you're following this podcast, and please leave a rating and review if you can. It really does help support the show and help us with placement on those various podcasting platforms. I did not get to my HBO Sports 24-7 college football recap yet. We're going to do that very soon, I promise. We're already getting behind on that, but I haven't forgotten about it. So just stay tuned. We'll get to that maybe in the next episode or two, but I do want to kind of touch on that as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for following along. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And, of course, I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hopefully we'll see you back here tomorrow. And until tomorrow, I'll talk to you later.